but he is one of our own who listened again to the call from God, who answered that call, went to seminary, finished his seminary training, did his CPE training, was then uh, approved of by our denomination, and then was ordained in this sanctuary as Reverend Robert Fleming. And we're thankful he's preaching for us this day, but I want you to also know on May 15th is the last Sunday that he and his family will be here in Houston. So he and Callum and the children will come forward on May 15th, and we will say a prayer of blessing as we send him to Las Vegas Metropolitan Community Church, where he will serve as the pastor of that congregation. Good morning. Troy had asked me several, probably months ago, uh, if I would preach on this day, and I was a little apprehensive. I thought, anniversary Sunday. It's an honor. But at the same time, uh, it's bittersweet. And was beginning to think of where would the series be, what would we be talking about, and then Troy hit me with another whammy, if you will, and said, would you share your story about MCC? And reluctantly, I said, okay. So today, I want to share with you a little bit of my story and what you all, as MCC, has been to my family. I joked with Troy this morning and said, you know, it's our 44th anniversary, and because everything has been about 44, you're not expecting me to preach for 44 minutes, are you? Because... That's more than I want to hear myself talk, but uh, I am honored to be here with you this morning. Um, I cherish this time at MCC's anniversary because it always reminds me of how old I am. Uh, if I forget and don't want to do the math, I just think, well, how old is resurrection? Because my birthday is right around the corner. Uh, and so I celebrate with you this morning our 44th anniversary. My story. Growing up, much like what you heard uh, in the small dialogue this morning about Troy, there are similarities. I'm sure there are similarities probably within your own families of different things. I feel blessed in many ways. But growing up, I was told, boys don't cry, boys don't show emotions. And I spent a lot of time locked in my bedroom because I was too emotional now, don't get me wrong, I love my parents, but I have learned one thing this last year is being a chaplain uh, at Baylor St. Luke's is that I have reflected way more than I wanted to and have had to look back into my past way more than I ever wanted to. But what I am thankful for is that those locks, those locked doors have played a part in my life. And I, because of that, as we have talked about shame and we have talked about grace, much of that caused me to be shameful of who I was. You see, I remember my family at different gatherings. I have a cousin who uh, I adore, who I uh, have often referenced as the pioneer gay in the family. And back in her day, I'm the youngest uh, on both sides of the family. 
as far as first cousins go. And when I say that, my parents were later in life when they had me. My siblings were much, much older than me. And my cousin, who is probably now, oh, I don't know, probably close to 70. But when she came out, she said, I'm here, I'm queer, you deal with it. And that was a blow to the family, but not only was it a blow to the family, then the words and the slinging became. And I remember being at family gatherings and being told as we brought potluck, better not get too much of that fruit salad, we have enough already in the family. You know, we casually laugh, but on the inside, I knew that something was different. And that caused me to shut down. I grew up in my church where I have great memories, but I remember being told time and time again, homosexuality is not of God. And so I struggled with, I feel loved by God. I know what my relationship is, but listening to the pastor tell it created an immense amount of shame on my part. And being called to the ministry at 14 and holding this deep, dark secret, I continue to lock myself even further in the closet. And I've often said that I was praying the gay away well before it was ever a campaign slogan. And in the Baptist tradition, you know, we have altar call. Can't even tell you how many times I walked that aisle and rededicated my life and, and asked God to forgive me. And have grace. I continued to live a lie. I knew who I was. But I was so busy worrying about what others said of what it means to be Christian, what it means to love God, that I was blindsided. Oddly enough, it wasn't until I joined the Marine Corps. I know that seems a bit odd. And within the gay community, there are all kinds of things that come up and surface about that. <laughs> but it was on the beach in San Diego, or in Coronado. I sat on the beach, and I looked out at the beach, and I just said, God, I don't know. I've been told so many things, but I believe that I am your child. And I believe that I am blessed by you. But I don't know what to do from here. And it was in that moment that I began writing. I wrote a 10-page letter to my mother, outing myself to her. Mind you, I didn't tell her that I was in a relationship with an HIV-positive man. That would have really sent them over the edge. But it was in that moment that I felt free, that I felt grace. 
probably didn't choose the best time to send that letter because it was Easter weekend. So we celebrated the death and resurrection of Christ. But as I reflect on that and think of Easter, I think of in that moment, I resurrected. I resurrected to become who God had called me to be. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I searched and I searched. That relationship ended, rightfully so. It was my first relationship, his of many. This was someone who was 15, got kicked out of the house. His way of survival was to sell himself on the street, hence why he was HIV positive. And it just didn't make sense why it was so important for me to tell my family who I truly was. That didn't jive with him. So we separated, went our separate ways. Now, I tell you all this just to give you an idea of my background, and I don't think that my background is any different. In fact, mine is probably one that is of less traumatic than others. But I tell you that because when I came to Houston in 2002, and Callum and I met, One of the biggest things for me was is that I needed to find a church. I knew there were churches out there. And we looked. Church wasn't much to him. He appeased me. And we went to several. But it wasn't until the week after Easter of 2009 that we walked through these doors. You see, we had been to several churches in Houston that had said that they were open and affirming and were welcoming. When we certainly felt welcomed, there was just some things that were said maybe throughout the sermon or little things that stood out to us that I'm not real sure if this is where we need to call home. The moment we walked through these doors with our three kids in tow, we felt welcome. We felt what it was like to see God's love and God's grace. And that was a blessing to me because I was ready to get on board and start getting involved as much as I could. Callum was just like, I'm going to check it out with you. But amazingly, the power of what is here, the spirit that is here. You see, the scripture that we read this morning about love one another, that is the last thing that Jesus asked. And he asked of his disciples. Those that were already part of his family, if you will, and he said, my command to you, like children, he said, love one another. Resurrection, we have found love in this place time and time again.
I could go on and on about the various stories of the love that's felt in this church. How you all as a congregation, as a people, as a body of Christ, continue to show grace even when sometimes as a people we don't really want to share grace. I think of how we responded to the hero ordinance. Huge letdown. But yet we're still responding in grace. We see it happening all across our country. We still have to struggle with how do we show grace knowing that as a people of God, we are called to love one another. You see, it's here in my journey that that has happened so often that I've been reminded because of those of you around me. When my sister died, I didn't have to call anybody. I didn't have to ask. People came. Around that same time, as some of you have heard in the few times that I've preached here, is that our children, who had been molested by my nephew, my sister's son, believe me, (laughs) took a lot of grace to take him home rather than harming him because we were so angry. To a year ago tomorrow is when I buried my mother. This church has been here in all of those times. In times of celebration, when our children were ordered back home by CPS, to the moment they came back into our lives, to even most recently that many of you probably do not know, our youngest, God love him, but this past year we have dealt with a storm as our youngest has now identified as male. He was in the news. We were given death threats about what kind of parents would allow their young child to just switch genders. And I will be the first to admit that within our LGBT acronym, there is so much that we as LGB are still trying to understand and learn about T in our acronym. And I say that as me, as a parent, but God giving me grace to journey with our child who has so strongly told us who he is. 
to having the grace of a congregation who has taken us under their wings and has allowed Jackson to have conversations with those persons who identify as trans to help him understand that he is okay. You see, MCC has allowed me to walk into this calling, to come back to reminding, as I think Troy said last week, that God keeps calling us even when we feel like we shouldn't be called upon. MCC has opened those doors. It's opened the doors for our family. And I can't thank you enough. Two things that I leave you with today. As I reflect on the grace and the love in this community, I can't help but think of yesterday. As I gathered at Tammy and Debbie's house, and I know Mojo and Terry, you all had people gathered at your house as I read the social media. But I want to tell you, MCC, we had church yesterday, and I would imagine that you all had church at your house. Tammy asked us to come out on the drive to say a prayer. Devastation all around from the floods. And I was so thankful she didn't ask me to pray because I was already getting emotional. But what I know is that as a church, you all have taken people in. We are a family. And it was so evident yesterday. 30 plus people there to come in and do what was needed. 30 people to come in and see a personal space of one of our congregants who I'm sure, I know if it would have been my house, I would have had some trepidation about that. But that's what families do. We love on one another. Grace was there yesterday. It continues to be there. It saddens me to know that as we leave and we know that God is calling us to Las Vegas, we are scared beyond our wits. It's a new place. Having no one left in my family, my brother, my sister, my mom has died. I have my dad. That's a strained relationship. This is my family. This is where love abounds. But what I do know and what I've learned through MCC, not just here in the short time that we've been here, but no matter where in MCC, and maybe it's like this in other congregations, I don't know. But I know that the moment it was announced that I was going to MCC Las Vegas, friends from other places in MCC reached out. Our extended family. I see this as our immediate family, but folks, MCC is broad. And I haven't met anybody in MCC that hasn't treated us like family. I would encourage you, 
as you continue on with this anniversary celebration and as you will continue on long well after I'm gone, that you continue to be the beacon of Christ's love to those around, that you continue to share the love you have even when it's difficult. I heard someone say that sometimes they refer to people as EGRs, and I said, what is that? And they said, extended grace required. Now, I laughed at that, but I also am reminded that how true that is, that maybe sometimes we need to just have that little acronym in the back of our head, EGR, extended grace required. Jesus has called us to love one another. Love has no bounds. Love has no consequences in the sense of there are limitations. We love freely. We love all of who we are. MCC, I thank you for loving my family. You will always be remembered. And I carry you with me. And I give you thanks. Thanks.